0: what's cracking big dogs welcome back to the hq welcome back to the channel i'm nicholas this is bdge big dogs got a football welcome back to our waiver wire video which we are putting out which we are live streaming we are live right now well if you're watching this on youtube afterwards then obviously we're not live but if you enjoy the video i ask that you hit that thumbs up button Subscribe to the channel if you are new. We're going to be talking about some of our top waiver wire pickups for week eight. It's a very, 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 very interesting week for the waiver wire. We are dropping fab. We are dropping money. The revenue is going to be not gorgeous because we're letting go of all of our money this week. This is a monster waiver wire week at both the running back and the wide receiver position home. I will not be answering questions live on the live stream. So, if you have questions, hit me on Twitter, at Nick underscore BDGE. Leave them in the YouTube comment section below. If you want some fresh Fade the Public gear, head over to BigDogsFantasy.com. Again, all I ask is that you hit that thumbs up button. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. And let's talk waiver Wire. Also, the uh, entire in-depth waiver Wire exclusive article is only on Patreon. Patreon.com slash bd. G, E, Streaming quarterbacks. So Matt Stafford is owned in less than 60% of leagues. Everyone I talk about today is going to be owned in less than 60% of Yahoo leagues. Stafford, I'm not really sure why he's still so widely available, Um, but he just torched the Minnesota Vikings, pass a defense, 364 yards, four touchdowns, becomes the fastest quarterback ever to reach 40,000 passing Yards currently sitting as the quarterback eight in fantasy on the year, and he's been an absolute stud at home, and that's where he will be against the New York Giants in week eight, who are currently allowing the fifth most fantasy points to the quarterback position on the year. I will say, though, I will preface with this. Now, the Giants, um, they started off miserably in the passing game in terms of their defense, but they have actually held three of the last four quarterbacks that they have faced to zero passing touchdowns. Interesting stat. In fairness, one of them was Dwayne Haskins. The other one was uh, another one of those three of four. Were Tom Brady, who ran in two touchdowns. Regardless, we're not going to twist the big facts. We're not going to finesse you out of starting Matt's the effort. He's obviously a great streaming option for this week. With Kerryon Johnson slated to miss time, they're probably going to throw the ball a little more as well. Jacoby Brissett is another great streaming option. 42% owned. Now, they do have a tougher task this week against Denver, but Brissett has provided us with a 200-yard multiple touchdown floor week in and week out. He's literally playing himself. If the Colts can get a few more wins, he's, he's low-key playing himself into the MVP conversation. He ain't going to win it because you need to have an elite team with an elite record and very, 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 very big stats. Big stat facts is what I'm dropping for you all today. Kobe Brissett. It's close to having them. He's a good stream. Possibly my favorite stream of the week, Ryan Tannehill. He comes out, those for 312 passing yards, and I tweeted this out yesterday. 312 passing yards. Marcus Mariota has hit that number, has surpassed 312 passing yards, what Ryan Tannehill just did on Sunday, four times in his 64 career games. That is including playoffs. That is 6% of his games he has thrown for 312 passing yards. In today's NFL, that is just unacceptable. Thus, that's why Marcus Mariota got, got sat. He got sitted. Now, Tannehill's obviously not as good as the game he played, but he's also better than Mariota from a passing standpoint and from a fantasy perspective. I love the weapons he has around him and A.J. uh, AJ Green, Corey Davis. We'll see what happens with Delaney Walker, but Jonu Smith is going to be a very good streamer if Delaney Walker is out. We'll get to the tight end section a little bit later in the video. Here's where things get really juicy for Tannehill. Even if you don't like Tannehill, you think he's a bad streaming option, you don't believe in him long-term, he gets to go against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week eight. Now, the Titans obviously want to pound the ball. They want to pound the rock. However, the Bucs run defense is elite in every sense of the word. They are allowing the league's fewest yards per carry. I believe it's like 2.7 yards per carry. And listen to the schedule that they've played so far. The 49ers, who are the best run team in the NFL, the Panthers. So they played the 49ers, Christian McCaffrey twice, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara and the Saints and the Rams. In no week did they have an easy run run. Uh, opponent and they are still the best run defense in the NFL. So the Titans are not going to be able to run the ball. You think Derrick Henry is going to be able to fucking make any, anyone, he doesn't make anyone miss. Thus you have guys like Squam Barkley still can't put up these numbers against Tampa Bay run defense. Now we get Derrick Henry. They're going to have to funnel the ball to the outside, which is why I like both wide receivers for the Tennessee Titans, along with Ryan Tannehill streaming this week. It is a funnel defense in which Tannehill is going to have to throw for probably 300 yards if they want to compete and if they want to win this game. Speaking of the Tennessee wide receivers, I want to get this on tape, on record, Hmm. that it's A.J. Brown, greater sign, greater sign, greater sign, about 17 greater signs, Corey Davis. I want A.J. Brown, not Corey Davis. I would take either of them, but if I'm I'm spending money on one, it's A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown is available in 83% of leagues. Corey Davis is only available in 59% of leagues. So people will think Corey Davis, oh, the veteran, you know, first-round draft capital, they'll want him more. Give me A.J. Brown over Corey Davis all day and tomorrow. Brown is an absolute freak athlete. Obviously, we know this already. Six foot, 225 pounds. He ranks in the 90th percentile for weight-adjusted speed score. He just needed some opportunity, and finally he's getting it. If A.J. Brown did not go to the Titans this year, he would have been my undisputed 101, well, depending on where he went, I guess, but he probably would have been my 101 in rookie drafts. Now, the first month of the season, A.J. Brown did not surpass 60% of the team's snaps in any of the games. Now, over the last few weeks, he has been playing in over 60% of the team's snaps. He was like the third and fourth fiddle to Adam Humphreys to Tajay Sharp. It was ridiculous. That's like literally a fucking fireable offense, to be honest. but. I'm not the front office. I'm not the manager. All I do is manage my fantasy teams, and now we are looking towards A.J. Brown. When you watch the guy play, he looks like fucking a mixture of Julio Jones and Juju Smith-Schuster, right? And I'm not going to be throwing out comparisons like that lightly. Now, Tannehill's raw stats looked good last week, 312 passing yards. He did only attempt 29 passes, but like I said, they're going against the Tampa Bay defense where they're going to have to funnel the passes. And uh, Brown set a career high or season high and team high with eight targets. Which was 27.6% of the targets for the Titans' offense. He translated that into a six for 64 stat line, which isn't a, uh, you know, major numbers by any means. Corey Davis was the one who got into the end zone, but he was more efficient. And I think it's a sign of things to come. Tannehill has already developed this rapport with A.J. Brown. Delaney Walker might be missing some time. They're not going to be able to run the ball. So it's going to be a funnel to both of these wide receivers. There's no other wide receivers on these teams, the Tajay Sharps, the Adam Humphreys, none of them are playing on more than like 30% of the team snaps. They are the heaviest two tight end formation team in the NFL right now. So they are constantly playing two tight ends, Derrick Henry, and their two wide receivers. And most of the time when you have a team that plays two tight ends, one of them is always staying into block. So it really narrows it down to Derrick Henry who can't catch a fucking ball and then two wide receivers and a pass catching tight end, which is why 50% of his targets, Stan Hills targets are going to continue to go to Corey Davis, a J Brown, so with A.J. Brown likely getting the second cornerback on the Buccaneers, where Corey Davis gets the top cornerback for the most part, uh, I think this is a very, 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 very good week for A.J. Brown. Uh, he is probably my second wide receiver that I would like to pick up on the waiver wire this week. And I would drop between 8 and 12% or 8 and $12, assuming you're in a $100 fab budget, on a guy like Brown. And I would probably go towards the $4 to $6 range, maybe $4 to $8 range on a guy like Corey Davis. Now we obviously have to talk about Kenny Stills, who is the number one wide receiver, waiver wire pickup of the week. Now, will Fuller suffered a hamstring injury on Sunday? Drink. I didn't plan that, I swear. Buller's uh, hamstring injury seems somewhat serious. They already said he's going to miss multiple weeks. There are a lot of times when people suffer hamstring injuries and they're like, oh, they're day to day. They might be able to suit up like feeling, oh, like three days later, we're going to pretend like he could play. When you hear the opposite, when they already know it's a multi-week injury, it's pretty serious. I believe it is a a grade two sprain. I don't know really the fuck that means, but uh, Dr. Morse will explain more. I just know obviously that's more serious than a grade one. And this is probably – more so, a four to six week return timetable than a two to three week timetable. They do have their buy in week 10. So they have week eight, week nine, the bye week 10. He could return in week 11, might be pushing it. I don't really know. All I know is that Stills came in. He played on 91% of the snaps once Will Fuller went down. He got four or five targets for 105 yards, two separate pass plays of 40 plus yards. He's already flashed plenty of big play chemistry with Deshaun Watson this year. Uh, but prior to Sunday, he had only played on more than 42% of the team's snaps once. And that was in week three, which to no surprise, he went four for 89 in that game. He was traded to the, to the Texans like one of the last days of August. So they had no time during the summer to develop that chemistry between Watson and Stills. And they're still getting it done together. And it shows you that Watson is not afraid whatsoever to chuck the ball downfield to Stills. And this is an offense where... You know, you might get a little bit excited about Kiki QT, but Watson is in a position where he's either handing the ball off to call Hyde or he's just chucking the ball deep pretty much every time. And Kenny Stills, I would argue that Kenny Stills is just as good, if not a better all-around wide receiver than Will Fuller is, right? Will Fuller is a downfield threat. He's a guy who makes a lot of big plays, and he's probably more popular in the real um in 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 fantasy football than he is in real football right because we know we know his name because he makes so many big plays and he puts up these monster fantasy games but I think as a defensive team you probably have to keep an eye more on stills running the intermediate routes and the deep routes I think he's a better route runner all around so I think they're going to continue to take shots down the field now the two don't have each other like eating into you know uh each other's targets and especially downfield targets. So they play the Oakland at home in week eight, who just led up, you know, like 429 passing yards, five touchdowns to Aaron Rodgers and this Green Bay offense. So with Will Fuller missing, you know, probably three to four weeks, uh, Kenny Stills is pretty much going to be in your lineup, tethered to one of the elite fantasy quarterbacks in the game. um, And he should be absolutely smothered with air yards going forward. So Stills is going to be a legit like low end wide receiver two flex play during these bye weeks So I would throw somewhere from 10 to 15%, maybe even a little higher if you're desperate for a wide receiver on a guy like Kenny Stills. He is my top wide receiver pickup of the week. We're not gonna go into all of my wide receiver pickups or all of my positional pickups throughout this video. They will be included (coughs) in my waiver wire article, which is exclusive to Patreon. So if you wanna support me as a creator, if you want all of my in-depth exclusive analysis, about the waiver wire, you can do so at patreon.com B D G E, where you will get my waiver wire. You will get my weekly rankings, which come out on Thursdays. You will get a private live stream where I answer your sit starts on Saturdays and you will get access to a forum and community in which we are very, 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 very engaged. And we make sure that we answer all of your questions for the upcoming week. Now let's talk running backs. This is a very interesting week for running backs. We have two that are obviously uh, the big, The big gets this week. We have Chase Edmonds, who is is, uh, owned in a lot of leagues, but he is still available in 52% of Yahoo leagues. This is one of the weirder situations that we've seen what happened in this backfield, right? David Johnson's been dealing with his back injury. Cliff Kingsbury actually came out on Friday and said, if we had played today, David Johnson would not have suited up. This should have been a red flag to me. I should have told you guys not to start him. I should have not started him in the one league I did have him in. Somehow I had DJ and Carry On Johnson going in in that league. Still ended up taking the dub, and now I'm seven and zero in that dynasty league. And if you ever start season off hot, you're fucking due for a monster fall off, which is what I feel like is about to happen. Carry On David Johnson, both dead. My team about to be dead. Thank God I got a little bit of a, a leeway with that seven and zero start. What the fuck was I talking about? Okay, Chase Edmonds. That's that's the guy we're talking about. So we should have known, right? He says Friday's not going to play. So what we're going to give it a 24 hour turnaround for him to go from not being able to play to hundred percent. Like this should have been a huge red flag to us. That's something I will learn from the tricky part was they only had two running backs active on game day. It was David Johnson and chase Edmonds. So you figured, you know, David Johnson is going to obviously have a role. I think, what happened was DJ Foster, their third string running back, got hurt late in the weekend. He was not active for this game. Maybe they, I don't know, they should have promoted someone from the practice squad or signed someone up. I don't know what their thinking was, but it was clear that they wanted to rely on Chase Edmonds. David Johnson started the game. He ran the ball one time. Then he was sidelined for the rest of the game. Well, not sidelined because Chase Edmonds was reportedly fucking yuking on the sidelines in some garbage can, which forced David Johnson back onto the field. But he immediately came back off the field once Chase Edmonds was good to go. They used Edmonds like the workhorse that he was back in college. 27 carries, 126 rushing yards, three touchdowns, all of 20-plus yards. Also caught two of four targets for 24 yards. So 150 total yards, three touchdowns. This is something I said even all offseason. I had been saying that Chase Edmonds looked like the best back or looked like the way more explosive back in Arizona dating back to last year, David Johnson just doesn't look the same as he did during his you know peak of his career, 2016, 2015, his blow up years. He is still a great pass catcher and he has still great straight line speed. If you give him a hole, he could break through it. But Chase Edmonds is more versatile. Probably he is more explosive. He gives you more burst and more juice and more wiggle. So I think going forward, the problem is we don't know the extent of David Johnson's injury. It seems like, you know, it's clearly something that's going to hamper him at least for the next week or two. Um, but Chase Edmonds has earned a role. He should be used situationally to a higher degree. And we saw that the last couple of weeks, this is now three straight weeks in which we've seen Chase Edmonds be a big part of this offense and produce at a very efficient high level, especially for fantasy, even on limited touches. Now he comes in shows him that he could do it with the workhorse role, which again, he did back at Florida when he was in college, he was an absolute workhorse. Um, and a lot of people liked him for that reason. Obviously, he had been on everyone's dynasty radar for a long time. And now he's finally getting his chance to kind of prove that. So, week eight, they play against New Orleans. They are already trying out some veterans. They're working out J.H.I., Spencer Ware, maybe one or two other players. And that speaks to probably David Johnson's health, but also DJ Foster's health, who was their third running back because they didn't have anyone else behind those two. So, we'll have to keep a very close eye on reports for David Johnson. Um, And if you own Chase Edmonds already, you're obviously very, 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 very very excited. But I will say the schedule over the next four weeks is really, 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 really hard. They play at New Orleans. They play San Francisco, at Tampa Bay, at San Francisco. Those are like arguably the three best run defenses in the entire NFL. In terms of fantasy points allowed to running backs, New Orleans is 28th. San Francisco is 31st. Tampa Bay is 30th. Rushing yards per game allowed 24th, 26th, 32nd, 26th. So this is not an easy schedule over the next month for Chase Edmonds, even if David Johnson is shut down for three or four weeks. I don't know how confident you could feel in Chase Edmonds. The talent is obviously real. The situation is obviously very good for fantasy running backs because they use their running backs. As you can see, David Johnson, Chase Edmonds in the slot a lot in the passing game. I will preface this also by saying, Christian Kirk is likely going to be back this week, next week at the very latest. So the amount of slot routes that these running backs were running will probably come down a little bit considering Christian Kirk was running primarily as a slot receiver in this offense. So with Kirk back, it probably dings the running backs reception totals a little bit. So not being able to find uh, many running lanes against these tough defenses compare and add on with the fact that Kirk will be back makes me a little bit hesitant to chase Edmonds. Um, but I will say if David Johnson misses time, then he is probably a mid RB2 with obviously RB1 upside, which we saw against the Giants. Their run defense is not good, so I'm not getting crazy excited about what he did that game. But still, you'd rather see a game like that than not see the game like that. So Chase Edmonds, would I use a number one waiver wire on him? Yes, absolutely. He's my number one waiver wire pickup right now if he's available in your league. And I would probably throw anywhere from 30 to 35% of my fab on him. Ty Johnson is the other running back that we need to talk about. Now, carry on Johnson left Sunday's game against the Vikings with what's being called a week to week injury. He is supposed to miss some time. He handled five carries before exiting the game. Now Ty Johnson came in. He is an explosive rookie. He operated as the workhorse in this backfield he had ten carries to J.D. McKissick's five. He had four targets to J.D. McKissick's three. He also saw the three red zone carries and the one red zone target. So he came the work. He became the workhorse. Karen Johnson will miss some time, as I said. I watched Dr. Jesse Morse's YouTube video on the Fantasy Doctors YouTube channel, and uh, he said it was probably one of two options, or you know, um, injuries. That likely happened to Ron Johnson. I forget what the terminology and the names were, but I'll link the video down below. They talk about it in more depth. But what he's saying is it's very likely going to be a two to four week return timetable. He believes it's the same knee that he suffered an injury to last year, which they shut him down for by the end of the season. So it's a little bit concerning if you're a Carrion Johnson owner. Of course, anytime your running back misses multiple weeks. It's a little bit scary because they come back and they could re-injure it if they come back too soon or the team could end up just shutting you down. I don't think they'll shut them down like they did last year because last year they were out of the playoff picture by the time carry on probably could have returned. Whereas this time, you know, the Detroit Lions are actually competing um, as as an actual NFL team for the first time in a long time. So shout out to Detroit. What does this mean for Ty Johnson? I really like Ty Johnson, and he's another kid like Chase Edmonds who was definitely on your dynasty radar if uh, if you do play in dynasty leagues. 5'11", 210, so he has legit running back size. 4'45, 40-yard dash. So he is very fast. Um, he had a big year at Maryland, but not too much college production there on the resume. He dealt with a few off-the-field things, some, some injuries as well. But he is – right beneath Chase Edmonds as my other waiver wire pickup of the week. Now, there are a few things working for him, a few things working against him. They play Oakland in week eight, so it's a very good matchup. And then they play, I believe, uh, I have it written down here somewhere, I believe. I don't know. I, I believe they have two good matchups and then they play at Chicago. So two good games, then a tough game. That leaves the door open for Ty Johnson to be, uh, you know, uh, probably a low end RB2 with some upside. I just, I'm not, I'm not sure I trust. Like, if Chase Edmonds were to be the only back available for Arizona, or like David Johnson was out, I would be very confident that Chase Edmonds is going to get, you know, anywhere from 18 to 22 touches. Got a fucking jackhammer going outside. Hold on. I'd be really confident that Chase Edmonds gets anywhere from like 18 to 22 touches. If Karen Johnson's out, like, I don't know if I even have that type of confidence with Ty Johnson. I think that he'll probably get, probably will likely get, you know, 16 to 18 touches. But it wouldn't surprise me if he got somewhere in the 12 range just because Matt Patricia's an asshole. And he'll give JD McKissick like nine carries. He'll probably bring someone up from the practice squad or... um work out a veteran, you know, CJ Anderson is obviously available and they liked him last year for whatever reason. So I'm a little more hesitant though. I do really like Ty Johnson. So if Chase Edmonds is not available, Ty Johnson would become my number one waiver wire pickup for the week. And I would drop probably 20 to $30 on the fab um, side of things. Ty Johnson is a very, very, very explosive athlete. And I think he could surprise behind an offensive line. That's a little bit better or uh, a little bit better. Than most people give credit for, and this Detroit Lions offense, uh, you know, they're not really having too much trouble moving the ball downfield. As like I said, Stafford's having a big year. I do think this means that they'll probably pass the ball a little bit more. So the wide receivers and the tight end, like T.J. Hawkinson, who keeps dropping fucking touchdown passes every single week, um, will see a little bit boost in play time. But Ty Johnson can catch the ball. Ty Johnson can break free and and you know um, run wild on defenses if given a hole. So I like Ty Johnson. Uh, We'll have to keep an eye on obviously carry on Johnson's knee and we'll have to keep an eye on if the lions end up signing a veteran. If they sign CJ Anderson, then Ty Johnson obviously takes a big hit because the goal line carries might go to CJ Anderson. They'll probably mix him in on early down work and things like that. And that just caps. Ty Johnson's ceiling a lot. If they just promote someone from the practice squad, then, um, and I'm not too worried. I'm also I'm not too worried if they sign CJ Anderson because if you think about it, they already cut CJ Anderson in favor of Ty Johnson. So that tells you how they feel about both backs, respectively speaking. Um so I like, yeah, I like Ty Johnson a lot. He is absolutely my favorite waiver wire pickup outside of Chase Edmonds. Um I-, I think a couple other interesting pickups. Um I'm not gonna talk about Mark Walton in depth, but you can. Go read what I think about him in depth on patreon.com slash BDGE. But that backfield, as well as the Seattle backfield, both interest me from the trade targets or from the trade deadline perspective. So the NFL trade deadline is next Tuesday, October 29th, 4 p.m. Kenyon Drake is on the trading block. So they might trade Kenyon Drake somewhere. So Kenyon Drake becomes an interesting stash. If you have room, grab Drake because he might end up on a team that needs a running back, maybe like the Atlanta Falcons or something. And then you have Mark Walton, who's basically already starting to take over this backfield. I'm not going to say he's the workhorse here, guys, because Kenyon Drake has one fewer touch than him over the last two weeks and has actually outsnapped Mark Walton. So it's not Mark Walton's backfield yet, but it will be if Drake gets moved. Uh, Mark Walton is only owned in 20 percent of leagues, so he's widely available. The other thing that I heard, uh, I heard a little bit of a a theory somewhere. I, I forget which podcast it was, but Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny is owned in 37% of leagues. Now, given the fact that he is not being used whatsoever, it's completely Chris Carson's backfield. He's getting less playing time than like any running back in that backfield right now. He had like two snaps on Sunday. It's possible that Rashad Penny gets dangled as some trade bait uh, before the trade deadline. Now, I haven't I haven't really heard any reports, but this would kind of make sense given the first round draft capital. This is almost like selling a fantasy football player high that you drafted in the third or fourth round, although he's still not done anything. You're kind of just dangling out there based on the name value. So maybe Rashad Penny goes elsewhere. Maybe he's just a shitty running back. Maybe um, that's it. And it was just a terrible draft pick, but maybe he just needs a, chain of ce- a change of scenery, a new environment or something like that to take hold of, uh, of the backfield and do well in fantasy football. So Rashad Penny's an interesting guy. If you're in a deeper league, if you have room to stash somebody, it's a crazy theory, but it might work out. Uh, tight ends, tight ends, tight ends. I don't want to go too in-depth on there. Uh, Dallas Goddard, Irv Smith become interesting. Kyle Rudolph, even with Adam Thielen out. Jonu Smith is the guy that I really, 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 really like. Uh, he's also an athletic freak. 6'3, 248, runs a 4.62, 40 yard dash, which puts him in the 83rd percentile for weight adjusted speed score. Also in the 94th percentile for burst score. A 93rd percentile spark athlete. Delaney Walker re injured his ankle, so he might miss some time. Again, they're going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that is a very good matchup for him. The only team allowing more fantasy points to the tight end position than the Bucks are the Arizona Cardinals. So Smith will be a borderline tight end one streamer if Walker is out and he is currently available in 100% of leagues. Let's talk about some streaming options for the defensive side of things. Uh, I do a thread each week on Twitter with my favorite defensive streaming options of the week that are available in more than 60% of Uh, or owned in less than 60% of Yahoo leagues. Again, you can find that at Nick underscore BBGE on Z Twatter. Seattle Seahawks become very interesting. If Matt Ryan misses time, he's dealing with the ankle injury. If not, eh, I don't love it because they are in Atlanta. Pittsburgh Steelers are obviously the number one streaming option this week. If they are available, they are owned in 47% of leagues. They play Miami. They are 14 and a half point favorites. So pick up Pittsburgh if you can. The Texans, the Colts, and the Lions are all six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Giants, respectively. Um, If I had to choose one, I like the Colts a lot. I think their defense, when they're healthy, and they're starting to get more healthy with Darius Leonard back and stuff, are a very good option against this Denver defense. I think the Lions are probably my second favorite against the Giants because Daniel Jones is fucking just turning the ball over like it's his job, and Being quarterback is not his job, so I like the Lions as a sneaky good defense, although they'll be without Darius Slay, but I still think a lot of pass attempts end up leading to a lot of good fantasy points for the defense. Texans are interesting, only in that they're about a touchdown favorite, but I don't like playing defenses that are not actual good NFL defenses, if that makes sense, or at least as a tiebreaker, I don't like playing those teams um, because they're without basically every single cornerback on their roster right now. So Derek Carr, obviously you don't love him, but he shouldn't have too much trouble moving the – ball on offense and moving the chains via the pass. So that is a quick rundown of my top favorite, my top favorite, bestest, most, most bestest fucking, I'm going to shut the fuck up now. So we have Chase Edmonds. We have Ty Johnson, two very interesting waiver wire pickups this week. Don't want to say they could be league winners, but they could be league winners. Kenny Stills is a must-grab on the wire. If you miss out on Kenny Stills, I would throw some money on uh, A.J. Brown. Jonu Smith is a very interesting tight end. Uh, Dallas Goddard has started to play over like 65 to 70% of the snaps, so he becomes interesting as well. I don't want to lean on him because his floor is still very low as long as Ertz is there, but he's something that gives you like a... A good streamable option as well as a handcuff at the tight end position because he becomes like a top three to five tight end if something were to happen to Ertz. And Pittsburgh is the number one streaming defense for the week eight schedule slate. We have 450 people in here and only 65 thumbs up, y'all. What is that nonsense about? Put some respect on the headquarters. Hit that thumbs up button, please, if you enjoyed the video, if you found it informational whatsoever. This button. Just scroll down a tiny bit. It takes like two seconds to scroll down. I would very much appreciate that. If you're listening on iTunes or the podcast, wherever you are, I would uh, love you, love you very, 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 very much if you leave a rating and review, preferably five-star. I don't give a fuck if you leave a one-star, to be honest, as well. What else do we got? Head over to patreon.com slash B-D-G-E. Sign up for a... Subscription there, you'll get all the exclusive nonsense. Also, me and Noah will be filming our trade targets video, which releases tomorrow. Which releases tomorrow, but we film today at four o'clock Eastern time. So if you want to watch us live, head over to Twitch, Twitch.tv/slash Big Dogs Fantasy. You can watch us live. Foe free, twitch.tv slash big dogs fantasy. I'm out. If you're new to YouTube, subscribe, hit that thumbs up button, and we'll see y'all on Twitch later today and then trade targets video tomorrow. Bye.